We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Friday. Now two weeks from the NBA trade deadline. It's creeping up on us, and that means we've got a ton I mean, a ton of trade buzz to get into today. Even some last-minute stuff that came out literally as we were about to hit the record button. So we've got a bunch to talk about. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. As much as it felt like we were all ready and set to go and, and you get that, that you know, start-stop of, oh, no, wait, there's more news out. At least it didn't come out like right after we finished the show. 100%. Usually- yeah, I'd right. Re- <laughs> I would rather have it come out five minutes before than five minutes after because five minutes before we can still work it into the show. And of course, we're we're full on in the two week window. We are hoping our phones will buzz mid show and give us some kind of kind of a thing. I, I am I will say I had to go in. <laughs> this is the silliest thing on the Dunkin Donuts app. True, true Massachusetts kid here. I have my Dunkin Donuts app. Huh? The the when it gives a notification, it is the same notification as my Twitter notification. Oh, no. So I was like, that's gonna be changed. You, you gotta yeah. go, Duncan. No, that can't be. Also, on a Friday here, happy national chocolate cake day. So, oh yeah. So get get yourself a slice of chocolate cake at some point uh uh today. Apparently, I guess is a national chocolate cake day, but that's not what anybody's here for. Let's talk, let's talk some NBA uh stuff. Where where are we starting today? Well, let's start, appropriately enough, with the starters. The All-Star yes. starters are, are out. Um, they've been announced. There are maybe some surprises. Uh, so the, uh, let me just run through the list, and then I'll get your, your take on it. So the Eastern Conference starters, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving. Western Conference starters, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic. Uh Keith, any surprises there? Any, I know we did our starters the other day, so we've kind of already given our opinions, but was any, did anything really stand out to you here? Yeah, let me say something on the our picks too. I blew it because I was not aware you couldn't play with the position stuff. I thought you still could on all-star ballots, so I blew it. So I should have had Luke as a starting guard. I squeezed him into my starting front court. It didn't change who I would have picked. We're allowed and, to make those kinds of sure, adjustments here, right? <laughs> 
But I also, had I not done that, I would have had LeBron James in my starting group, just so everybody knows. I probably should have anyway, but whatever. We all knew he was going to start. Um, I guess a couple things that stood out to me. One was Zion starting. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was a, a, a bit of a surprise. Um, it just it, it not just the fan vote, because you know, right, fans love him because he's so fun. But he got a lot of votes from uh, the players too. Yeah, the play, player vote was very high for him, if I remember correctly. So, so that was a little bit of a surprise. And then I guess in the um, in the uh, East side, it was a little not a surprise because we knew someone out of the Embiid, Giannis, yep. Durant, Tatum group was going to miss, and it was Joel Embiid, and that is you know unfortunate for him and just kind of. A little broken, right? Probably not how it should be that you know four best players in the conference should all be able to start the game, but it is what it is, especially too now where LeBron and Giannis are gonna pick these teams and they can pick whoever they want, like we 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 probably shouldn't be so beholden to positions and forming yeah. these teams in the first place, but kind of yeah. is what it is. So so there it is but yeah not no nothing jumps out nothing egregious here where i'm like oh my god you know this guy shouldn't even have been on the team zion's probably the most questionable uh to even make the team just with the amount of time he's missed but i I had him on my team anyway because i wanted to give the pelicans somebody so i don't even have a you know huge issue with them starting i I think it's kind of fun yeah i mean there's no there's no andrew wiggins in the starting five like last year um, which and Wiggins wound up being just fine. It was huge in the playoffs, and so even looking mm-hmm. back, I can't even say that was that egregious. But no, it, it yeah. feels like everybody that's there, you're, yeah, those guys are deserving. But you know, one of the things that you've talked about quite a bit is people who say, "Well, take the vote away from the fans," and how can this player be ranked ahead of that player, and, and all this kind of. First of all, it's not set up to be a true ranking of who is the best. It's, you're not going to get a list of the ten best guards and the ten oh. best. Uh, best forwards in order. That's not what you're going to get out of this kind of vote. But people will say, well, just give it all to the players. Keith, have you seen who got, oh, got player yeah. votes? Yeah. Chet oh, Holmgren my gosh. He hasn't even played a game in the NBA period. And Chet Holmgren got four votes. Like, no. Like, they're just – the guys just picked their friends. It's like, okay, Kendrick Nunn got a vote. Kendrick Nunn, he, he got a vote. <laughs> like – I mean, uh, we got yeah. who else got votes? Uh, Willie Hernan Gomez got five votes. Yeah, Bull Bull got six votes. Like, I'll tell the story again. This was several years ago. This was pre-pandemic, but I was in the visiting locker room here in Orlando uh, when guys were were getting down to having to submit their ballot ballots on the player side, and there were players in a locker room saying, "Hey, if you vote for me, I'll vote for you." And they're like, "All right, cool." And they proceeded to, I presumably did that. So it's uh, just, you know, ridiculous. Some of the stuff that that's where I'm like, you know, when everybody's like, you know, oh, let the players, you know, should mean more. They should pick the entire teams. That's not, no, like that's, you know, that's crazy to me, especially when guys just, they don't take it serious. Right. That That's the, the challenge. And I think it's fine. 50% fans, 25% media, 25% players. I think that is perfectly fine. The game is for the fans. They should get to see the guys they want to see out there. If they want to see Zion, let them see Zion. As long as we don't get ridiculous stuff where guys who wouldn't make the team or have no business being anywhere near the team making it, that's a huge problem. And I think that whole 
you know, giving the media and the, the players some uh, say in it that that does keep that from happening. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I just I, I don't know. I can't get too worked up over it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'm not going to be too upset over that kind of stuff. And again, it's just I was just bringing that up to underscore the point that the players aren't any better than the fans yeah. in terms of yeah. in terms of worse, the I think. Yeah, yeah. it, does, it doesn't it get worse, any yeah. get better. Um, all right, let's, all right just let's, to note too, just in case anybody oh, yeah. is wondering, the reserves will be announced next Thursday, uh, ahead of the TNT games on that Thursday night. Uh, the reserves are voted on by the coaches. Uh, just full disclosure, it's generally the assistant coaches will fill it out as a group. Uh, not it's supposed to be the head coaches, but it's almost always the assistants, and that's part of the head coach saying, Hey, you guys are the ones who are building the game plans, breaking down the film uh, on these, these other teams. So, so that's uh, that, that honor kind of goes to them to a lot of times the staff will fill it out together. Uh, And it's same kind of criteria. It's three front court, two backcourt, and then two wildcard. And we'll we'll find out those uh, next Thursday. You know, just a a quick aside and nothing we need to dive into, but for anybody who doesn't know, typically NBA benches, what coaches do is they take their assistant coaches and they divide up the league. And they'll yep. say, okay, you are covering these five, six teams, whatever it is, um, this number of teams, these are all yours. You, you, This is your responsibility to study up on this team and know all about them. And all, so that way you've got sort of a, an expert on each team before you go into that, that matchup. And so that's why the assistant coaches are going to have maybe a little bit more um, intel, more information. They spent more time watching, uh, you know, Sacramento or something like that, if that's the team that they were selected to cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just a little more inside baseball on it too. Uh, the coaches usually they divvy up the roster, and each assistant coach yep. gets a gets somewhere depending on the size of the staff, somewhere between two and like four players that that are their guys, and they work them out, they work with them, and all that sort of stuff. They're the ones uh, you'll often see if you're in an arena early enough, you may see them sitting uh, courtside watching a laptop, and they'll mm-hmm. be breaking down with their guy. Generally, it's film of the opposing team. Sometimes it's like, hey, do you see like look at your jump shot looks a little off like let's work on this sometimes it's those kind of things but it's usually film of the upcoming game and then my favorite thing is in every locker room that night's opponent usually their most recent or maybe like they're playing it on the tv game it's playing on the tv and you know who's watching it absolutely nobody nobody yep (laughs) no one's even looking every locker room i've been in (laughs) no one is watching it (laughs) no 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 one's even taking a single look at it which is always kind of funny Yep. Yep. It is. I agree. I always thought that was, that was on. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline stuff. This is what everybody wants to hear. Let's start going up North. Fred Van Vliet coming up in big in the clutch. Clutch sports could be the landing spot here for Fred. Oh, Fred Van there Vliet. it is. Future Laker. That's how it goes. Right. right? He's going to be a Laker. <laughs> but but yeah, how, like most of the, it feels like a good chunk of the Raptors, including Nick nurse are, yeah. are with clutch sports. So yeah. I don't like, does this, Keith, let me just ask you this, because I saw this reaction a lot online of, oh, that like people acting as though, and, and I've heard this from Buzz around the league too, like this could impact his trade stock around, like because certain teams don't want to deal with clutch or do want to deal with clutch. How big of a deal is this? You don't think you're going to get the Raptors trading them because they don't want to deal with clutch because like you said, they've got a couple other clutch clients right. there already, including the coach. And, you know, Nick Nurse is obviously very heavily embedded into, you know, kind of the fabric of that franchise. So I don't think that's part of it. What it does say to me is Fred Van Vliet is not changing agents right before free agency because he's going to opt in or because he's going to take less or even the same amount of money as he makes now. 
you do this because I want that that you know probably for him in reality the last big contract he's gonna get uh just knowing you know he'll turn 30 likely during the course of his next deal so so that's all it says to me now if you're Toronto and you're again saying that's where it could change the trade math of and we don't really want to pay you $25, $30 million a year. So that could turn into, you know, let's go. Uh, Mark Stein had some additional reporting. Uh, I, I guess it was this morning on the East Coast, late last mm-hmm. night. It was it super was very, late at night. I, I was I was in the middle of a, of a live stream <laughs> show when it came out. I was, I, full disclosure, I was already asleep. Like I <laughs> called it early and said, I'm just going to watch these late games in the morning. And I went to bed and woke up to it, which is always fun to wake up to you know, a nice trade piece sitting there. But he he mentioned again, the Orlando Magic buzz continues to grow that the Magic may be interested in Van Vliet. The one thing that's notable with that is Jeff Weltman was part of the Raptors uh, front office when they did kind of find Van Vliet and get him there in the first place. So I, I don't think changing agents necessarily means he's leaving, but it, the circumstances around it could lead to something happening here in the next week or two. Yeah. Yeah, certainly could, certainly could, particularly, you know, with the uncertainty of free agency and all of that out there. Um, all right, the speaking of the Raptors, the Knicks reportedly have offered multiple firsts for Ananobi. Now, as we've, for OG Ananobi, now, as we've stressed in the past, though, not all firsts are equal. Um, and multiple talk- firsts, right? Right. Like, we, yeah. And we talked about And for those only listening, show. I'm putting firsts in quotations. In, in air quotes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> air good, quotes, yeah. good, good clarification there for the <laughs> podcast listeners. Um, so, we talk about how you kind of kind of have some fake firsts. What what do you expect this Knicks offer to really be? Um, we talked about this before that the rumor was that there were three firsts on the table for Ananobi at some point. Most assumed it was from the Knicks. That was what reporting sounded like. But three firsts probably makes it sound like the offer is a bit richer than it actually is. Yeah, it's probably my guess is like one, maybe two Knicks first, and then one or two of those protected firsts that they have. They're going to get the Dallas pick this year, barring the Mavs completely falling apart over the next uh, you know couple of months and falling completely out because the pick is only top 10 protected. So that pick will go to Dallas or go to New York. So they'll have their own and they'll have Dallas this year. Then down the line, they have picks coming from Detroit and Washington, as well as uh, Milwaukee. The Milwaukee one is in a couple years. It's 2025. Presuming Giannis is still there, that's probably going to be a late first. And then the Detroit Washington picks, you're kind of like, those could get interesting. They have very, they're very heavily protected, even with some sliding protections. They still never get into that like super juicy, like, ooh, that could be a top five pick range. They'll never get there. So that's Mm -hmm. the little bit of the challenge with that is it could be. You know, from the Knicks side, if they're the ones leaking this, is hey, we offered multiple first rounders, which isn't a lie. It's true. You yeah. did, but they're kind of not great first rounders if you get them. And there's a chance with a couple of them, you may never even see them because of the protections attached. Yeah. So that's that that's where to your point, yeah, not all firsts are created equal. Like we need to be a little more cautious, I think, with some of the the things on this that we don't, you know, super overreact. Because I did see a couple people today, like Raptors fans, being like, well, if we're getting, you know, three first rounders, like what are we doing? Right. Yeah, if it's three straight Knicks first rounders, all right, maybe. Because who knows what they become in the next sure. couple of years, right? But yeah, but if it's these other ones with these heavy protections on them, that's probably I'm, I'm going to need a little bit more. It's similar in in my mind to not all max contracts are created. Sometimes people hear, "Oh my gosh, this guy's getting a max deal. This is how you're going to pay him fifty million. This is insane." No, not every max contract is is the same. Depends on the yeah. number of years 
and all of that. Same thing with first round picks. Not every first exactly. rounder is the same. So you always have to dig a little deeper and find out, okay, what, what are the protections on these? Where is this coming from? Like the value can fluctuate wildly between one first rounder to the next. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. All right, let's jump to Utah. Uh, the Jazz, we had already heard that Lowry, Markinen, and Walker Kessler are not on the market. Everybody else they're willing to listen on. Well, take one more off the list. Ochai Agbaji uh, is apparently off the trade block, somebody that they would like to keep and are not going to entertain trades for. Yeah, and that kind of makes sense, right? If you're the Jazz, you're basically saying, hey, we don't know on this guy yet. He was a first-round pick. Cleveland obviously picked him and then got flipped to mm-hmm. Utah down the line when the Mitchell trade came together. But it's he's starting to play more. He's been seeing regular minutes over, let's say, the last three, four-ish weeks for the Jazz. He's, he's interesting. So I think that is young kid, potential He's under team control. We we don't really want to move him. It's it's similar to Walker Kessler, just on a, a lesser level. A little odd because Kessler's drafted several picks behind Egbaji, but Kessler's already proven he's starting center level in this league and can do a lot of good things. He's a good fit also in the front court with Laurie Markinen. So yeah, that, that's one where I, I think as you kind of get into it, it's like, all right, but why not? You know, you, you can't you can't trade everybody. So, you know, if there's a couple couple of younger guys you like that are under team control, sure, hang on to those guys. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I understand why they'd be doing that. And I, I think they're definitely a team to watch as we get closer to the deadline here. Yeah. Um, that could wind up moving some of these players that, that they've got, especially now that they've dropped in the standings a bit. I think that yeah, frees them up to tenth. make some more moves. Tenth as we record this on Friday afternoon. It's uh, five and five in their last 10. They continue to kind of float around that 500 mark. But as we, we will stress uh, repeatedly here, uh, 26 losses is actually tied with the Lakers uh, who are 13th. And, but, but somehow magically only three games behind the Pelicans who are in fourth. So, I mean, it's, you know, a bad week and you could tumble in the standing, like literally fall, you know, five, six places in the standings in the West. It's just yeah. absolute bonkers. It, it is going to be crazy. And I, I just hope that it stays that way all the way through because we're going to get a crazy finish to the season sure. for sure. Uh, in the You know what, Trump. though? Someone out of that group is going to say, and my God tells me it's probably Utah. It's like, yeah, but this is not what we want. We, we yeah. don't want to chase the play-in tournament because I think the reality is I think most of those teams, not most, I shouldn't say that, because the Kings, or not the Kings, the the um, Suns, the the Warriors, the Lakers, they, they're the Clippers. Obviously, they're not worried about playing the Grizzlies or the Nuggets in the first round and feeling right. well. That's a 
we can't solve that. Um, but if you're like Utah, you're really feeling like, yeah, we if we if we're in the play-in, we can we can beat Denver or Memphis. You're probably not feeling that way. So if I had to pick any one team out of that group to kind of say, now nah, let's go the other way, it would be Utah just because you know somebody could do it. And no, you're not getting down to the Spurs, Rockets, Hornets, uh Pistons level, but you could get down to being the fifth worst team with relative ease. And then all of a sudden you get the fifth or sixth best lottery odds. That's that's not a bad spot to be in either. No, especially not in this year's draft. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the Orlando Magic. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> not a surprise at all. Listening to offers for Mo Bamba, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, and all-star vote getter, RJ Hampton. <laughs> I like that all-star vote getter. It should be like on his uh, basketball reference page. <laughs> like on, on um, his resume. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, yeah, he have received four player votes in the all-star game in 2023. <laughs> um, yeah, no, really no surprises on any of these guys. Uh, kind of going in reverse order here. Hampton had his uh, fourth-year player option declined by Orlando. That's generally a sign the team is ready to cut bait and move on. Uh, Bomba. He doesn't really play now. He's he he's now that they're basically healthy. And I'm going to knock on wood for the Magic because it's been a long time. Um, their front court is is overstuffed. They've got a lot of guys there, so Bamba doesn't play a lot. So you know, unsurprisingly, they'd be listening on him. Uh, Terrence Ross, it feels like finally, right? I mean, this, he's been the last man standing for the Magic for years, as far as their veteran group go, and he's somebody I think you know a lot of teams. It's going to get funny with him because it'll be, it's like playing chicken. You're going to give up a second or are you going to wait? Are you going to, uh, are we going to get him in bio? Like are you going to buy him out or, you know, okay, do, do we have to trade for him? So I think that's going to be a little interesting to watch. Gary Harris, I feel probably the least likely gets moved. He actually plays a role. He starts for the team. Um, he plays a big role in their backcourt. He's it sounds weird because it's not like Gary Harris is like a 12 year vet, but he is the veteran in that young backcourt. He's a guy who kind of uh, organizes those young guys and keeps them going. And they really like him. And he's, he's having a better year this year too. He's starting to shoot better. So that one, I'm a little less certain of the other three. I would not be shocked at all if they trade him and they're not going to get great returns for any of them, but you know, get a couple more picks to throw in the stash, clear up the books a little bit and, you know, move forward with that way. No, no messes you have to handle in free agency. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Keith, you know, what are the, the ongoing storylines in the upcoming trade deadline, whatever, saga, um, has been that the asking price for players is very high. <laughs> yep. And it remains high. The Bulls say they would like to get two first-round picks for Alex Caruso. And I am about as big of an Alex Caruso fan as, as exists out there. And the Bulls are crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see anybody giving up two first for and Caruso is great. He's one of the better guard defenders in the NBA. I don't see anybody giving up two first to get him. But I mean, I guess hey, they can ask, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, ask, right? I mean, why, why not? You know, you you ask for the moon, and you know, who knows, right? Man, maybe you get a, a couple other planets or something. But yeah, I think. That's silly, right? You're kind of in there. I just called the moon a planet, which is really embarrassing. The moon, I know the moon's not a planet. I, I'm, I'm aware. I did I did pass like third grade uh, solar system talk. Pluto was a planet back then. It no longer is. I, I, I hear that is the, that's see, yeah. see, Keith, you're revealing how old we are because, yes, I'm old enough to remember when Pluto was a planet. 
Yeah. Um, Caruso, fine, right? Ask for two first round. But this is where you could say, if then let's say the Knicks traded for him, you'd be like, see, we got two first for him, just like we said, because we got that Detroit first and the Dallas first or something. And it's like, all right, I mean, you did, but you, you didn't get two great firsts. So that's where that's where that gets a little sure. little you know goofy. But yeah, no, no one's giving up two quality firsts for Alex Caruso. Like it's in that, and I I'm a fan too. He's you know fit with just about anybody in the league as far as what he brings to a team. But yeah, that's that's you know, that's probably the bull saying, you know, we'd rather not that's probably hey, can we get Alex Caruso two firsts? Uh no, we don't want to do that. But what do you think about Kobe White? Right, like that's yeah. kind of how that conversation right. goes. Yep, absolutely. My favorite Alex Caruso story when someone photoshopped a picture, a workout picture of his, and added he, he went. They went like Steve Rogers post Super Soldier Serum, like Captain America, on him, and made him look just completely jacked. And like within a week, he got randomly selected for a drug test by the NBA. It was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. It was a very good Photoshop, and people thought it was. You guys real. called him Captain America for a while, right? I yeah, Is I did. I even called yeah. him Captain America for a bit yeah. off of, off yeah. of that. Um, all right. They speaking of the Bulls, the Bulls may want to trade Andre Drummond. Now I know you you took to Twitter to explain why, and I know you are a huge Andre Drummond fan. You yeah. are the head of the Andre Drummond fan club, so I understand. But you talked about why you you think that teams maybe should trade for him. Yeah. And Trevor's being extremely I'm, facetious. Uh, yes. That, that is fantastic. sarcasm there. <laughs> I am. I'm not the biggest fan of Andre Drummond, but that was Andre Drummond when he made a lot of money. I did not think he was worth all that money. And in, I feel I've been pretty validated over the last few years that Andre Drummond is probably not a top tier starting center and all those things. There was a period of time where Celtics fans were like, we have to get this guy, like just anything we got to do to go get Andre Drummond. And I just, I never got it. Cause I'm like, he's not a great defender. He's can't do anything except really dunk the ball. Like he's not a great screener. He's, he's, he's a, you know, fantastic, phenomenal rebounder, you know, an unbelievable rebounder, but it's almost kind of like, a, like in his area, he doesn't chase down rebounds. Like it's just kind of weird. But anyway, under Drummond on a $3 million contract. Sure. Go get him. You know, how, uh, that's almost anybody can do that. And I, and I mistakenly said on a minimum this morning when I tweeted about that before I'd had my coffee and I was like, I meant to say a near minimum contract. Cause that's really what that is. Anybody yeah. can trade for him and sure teams should be taking a look at it because that, that starts to become, all right, Andre Drummond at that amount to be your backup uh, five. That's pretty good. And like Philly has not really filled that hole. I don't know that I want to be going in the playoff series with Montrez Harrow as my only option uh, as my backup five behind Joel Embiid. God forbid Embiid goes down as we've seen him do late in seasons in the past. Like yeah. they should be in on Drummond and, this is another one, though. Teams are going to play chicken because what they're going to do is they're going to say, he doesn't really play for the Bulls right now. He's almost kind of completely out of the rotation. Yeah, they're just going to buy him out and go from there. Now, he does have a player option for next year, so that makes it a little trickier if the Bulls wanted to buy him out. They may not want to eat that money, but yeah. it's a, yeah, it's only just over $3 million, so it's not so much that I think they would hesitate too much. But, yeah, interesting. I would keep an eye on him. It was funny. I had somebody ask me, um, should the Lakers try try to get him? And I'm like, I don't. I think the Lakers have been there, done that. I, I think yeah. I don't see them going for the return uh, Andre Drummond trip. Keith, you know that's the as, as, it, 
anyone can come up on the market oh, and it's what should, should the Lakers consider, yeah. you know, that's oh, same thing with the Celtics fans. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's probably it's every, probably. every probably. fan. We just happen to be fan or cover teams with massive fan bases that yep. do that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Now I will say you just start your countdown because it's only a matter of time before you hear a counter leak suggesting that the bulls will never buy out Andre Drummond <laughs> right. because that's what every team has to do. Cause mm-hmm. if it just, you absolutely destroys trade value. If word starts to get out that you might buy a player out, cause then nobody wants to give up anything for a guy they can get for free in a month. So I usually what happens is you get a counter leak that comes out that says, no, 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 no. Anybody who wants him has to trade for him. Come on, fork over something. You know, that's what happens. it's. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but it's like in Moneyball when he calls the San Francisco Giants GM and he's mm-hmm. like trying to get him to throw in another guy who's like from the minor leagues that, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the, um, the gushing, now I can't even think of the actor's name, but the, he uh, used to be chubby, right? Uh, Seth, um, he plays Pete in Moneyball. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to say Seth Rogen. It's not Seth Rogen. It's you know <laughs> the other guy, Seth Rogen's friend. Um, why, right? <laughs> why am I bl- blanking on this name? Too? I know, like I, I was just looking at him at a movie that he's in. Yeah. Anyway, it's like in that thing when when he says the, the Jonah Hill. Bean. Jonah Hill. I didn't even yes, need to look. Jonah Hill. Oh my no, gosh! It's um, the end of the day, Friday. This yeah, is this right. is what's happening. So Jonah Hill's like. Tells him the name of the minor league player, yeah. and he go and he in the he the, says the wrong name. The GM's like, like I like that guy. And he's like, you don't even know who he is, <laughs> yeah, Michaelson, right? like, yeah, Michaelson <laughs> yeah. or something like that, right? It is right. Michaelson, I think, yeah, yeah. He's like, you don't even know who Michaelson is, and he's like, and he's like, I don't know, and he's like, you know, so that's that's like where where it is where somebody's like, you don't even want Andre Drummond, like you know, we're not giving you a second round pick for him, right? So, well, that exactly. was exactly. Oh man, we're not we, a journey we, there. We better land our plane here before we go off the rails <laughs> we, or anything else happens here. Okay, yeah. let's let's jump to the Blazers. Uh, they've reportedly offered an extension to Jeremy Grant, uh, four years, 114 million. So far, he's not signed that, which is uh, we talked about Fred Van Vliet earlier. That was also the rumor was that in the offseason, Van Vliet was offered a four year deal, similar money. Um, by the Raptors and was not willing to sign that. Is this something that if you were Grant's agent, would you be advising him to sign this or is he better off waiting till the summer? I would take it. I I, I don't know that he's going to get this kind of money uh, that the, this summer. That That's a, that's a lot. That is, what, what does that work out to that? That works out to about 28 million a year. Um, that's, that's. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you're you're just shy of a max there. You know, if you well for his his years of service, you're about ten million shy. But but that's a lot of money. It's Jeremy Grant is probably a tier two, three free agent this summer. I'm gonna have to really go through. I haven't fully completed free agent rankings yet. I'm kind of I'm kind of in the point where I've got them in tiers and I just keep kind of moving guys around in that list. But it's I don't know that there's going to be $28 million out there for him. I certainly don't know that there's going to be 30 plus. And maybe that's where they're thinking is like, okay, if we can get 30 plus million, like from team X, like here we go. And I'm just not sure the teams with cap space are going to do that. Now that said, I didn't see the Pistons doing that for Jeremy Grant a few years ago either. And they did. So that's where, you know, sometimes you, you, you gamble with this. And I think the other thing may be, Hey, we know this will be out there if we, you know, it, it's still going to be sitting there because this is something Jeremy Grant can sign all the way till June 30th. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't have to be signed now or anything like that. So he he can do this for, you know, a couple more months at least um, and go all the way out until the end of the season. And then, you know, if he's like, yeah, I don't want to be in free agency and the Blazers are like, yeah, we love you. We'd like you to stay. Then you could do that. But yeah, it, it is a, it is curious to me that he didn't just immediately take it because yeah. it's not like Portland can up that off or anything any more. This came out of Jake Fisher's piece over at Yahoo, which literally dropped minutes before we started recording and we, we flew through it. So uh, good you stuff know, from Jake. I wonder, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, Robert Covington situation. I believe it was from last summer where the Clippers like right before free agency started or a few weeks before they signed Covington to a deal that was slightly above the mid-level just mm-hmm. to kind of just to get it done. It was like they probably just gave up a little bit extra and said, here, this is what we're willing to give you in exchange for you not exploring free agency. Yeah. And I, I wonder the same with Zubach too. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we see something here where like a few weeks before free agency hits, next thing you know, he signs it and he gets like a player option on the last year or something like, you know, yeah. some little extra to, to kind of just push it over over the top there and get the deal sure. done. Because to the, to the Blazers, I think it, it's probably worth it to just have that certainty of knowing you're not going to see Jeremy Grant walk away. Yeah, it's – and the only reason I'm hesitating is I worry about Portland locking in too much money for too many guys who aren't true second stars next to mm-hmm. Dame. Um, you did Their roster's already pretty expensive if you add – Grant at, you know, 25 to 30 million and you've got Simons and you've got Nurkic and, you know, you start adding it, adding those things up. It starts, it just starts to get to be a very, very expensive team for a team that really hasn't shown it can be much more than a, you know, maybe we can get into the five, six range, but most of we're probably going to be down in the play in range like that. I, I just worry about that. that. That's my only hesitation on this. It's like Jeremy Grant is 25 or 26 anymore, where it's like, yeah. hey, we're going to pay him. He might really pop and develop. I think we kind of know uh, what he is. So that's where, I mean, it, it is, it's one of those things where it's tricky, right? This is kind of like almost like a pre-bird rights trap because you're not really there yet, but you, yeah. know, you could get kind of stuck in that bird rights trap. And for those who don't know what that is, the idea of the bird rights trap, John Hollinger, um, uh, I think was the one who coined that, was it is we can't replace the guy if he leaves because we don't have cap space. We don't have significant money to spend. So because we have the bird rights, we have to resign him. And that's, you yeah. kind of trap yourself into doing a contract you don't necessarily love. And Portland kind of did that with Yusuf Nurkic last year. And it can put you in a tough spot in terms of flexibility, not just because you get the money on the books, but you have a contract that then 
can get viewed around the NBA as a negative value, which then, you know, can definitely complicate trade situations. Yep. Um, now, right. cap's going up. So if you could lock him into yeah. money now, that's that's not the end of the world. You know, it'll be a less percentage of the cap down the line. But yeah, a lot, a lot of things to consider if you're Portland. Uh, one of my favorite players from the draft a couple of seasons ago, Bones Highland, getting some buzz uh, on the, the trade front. What would be the incentive to move on from, from Bones Highland at this point? Yeah, I struggle unless the Nuggets really said, you know, hey, we got to get a bigger wing or something in here to back up our starters. Um, the Michael Porter Jr. situation is a little messy right now. Um, mm-hmm. we, we we haven't covered it too much, but uh, all reports are his brother was involved in a drunk driving accident and involved a fatality. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been away from the team while that's been going on. Um, so we don't really know where that's going with that situation, you know, and all, all the best to everybody involved there, especially, you know, the family of, of the person who lost their lives. But in this situation is – if you're the Nuggets, unless you're thinking like we got to cover ourselves, we don't know if we're going to get him back. We don't know what that's going to look like. He has had injuries. You know, if we can move Highland, we can get by a point guard because Bruce Brown's done well when he's been at tasked with running the offense. And the reality is the offense runs through Nikola Jokic anyway. But more for me, I would not really be moving Bones Highland because there's no guarantee Bruce Brown's sticking around. He signed a two-year deal, but he's got a player option for next season that he's going to opt out of because it's only $6.8 million. You're only going to have non-bird rights, so you can't give him that big of a bump in pay. So I'm just not sold Bruce Brown as long-term for the Nuggets. They can't extend him. They can't do anything like that. Uh, they're going to be an over-the-tax team, so they're not going to have the full mid-level to give him. So it's just kind of messy. So I think there is a good chance we see Bones Highland stick as almost the Bruce Brown insurance in case one of these cap space teams is like, hey, Bruce Brown, you want $15 million to play for us? Let's go. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, all right, let's jump over to uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving potentially extending and, and staying there. Uh, after after all the drama of the summer and well and all the drama that we had during the season as well, maybe he does just wind up sticking in 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 Brooklyn long term. What does what would an extension look like for him as opposed to just getting into free agency? Is there much of a market out there this summer? Yeah, it's that second part that um, we're starting to get a little bit of reporting. I think Brian Windhorst, it was Chris Haynes had the initial report of Kyrie wants to extend with the Nets, which uh, it was Danny LaRue of The Athletic and dunked on and all that said, uh, perhaps setting a record from we'll never play for this team again to, uh, you know, I want to extend <laughs> like like the transition time, right. which I thought was pretty funny. That made me chuckle. Um, but it is. Chris's initial reporting, then um, Brian Windhorst added, Kyrie sounds like they're looking at and saying, uh, there may not be max money out there for us because the cap space teams might not be overly interested in if that makes, if you look at it, kind of makes sense, right? Like, what does Houston want with Kyrie Irving? San Antonio, Orlando, uh, Indiana, those kind of teams, that's not where they are, right? They're, they're not ready for a guy like him, um, and he's, doesn't want to be on a team like that where it's going to be, you know, Hey, I get a lift and carry everybody and all these kids. So what it turns into is the Lakers are sitting out there with 30 plus million still, even after the Hachimura deal, they could say, Hey, move on. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be very, very difficult for the Lakers to get to much more than that. And yeah. no way can they get to Kyrie's max unless they moved AD or LeBron. And then at that point, why are you trading for Kyrie? So I, my guess is Kyrie has looked at the landscape and said, 
Yeah, I don't know that I love any of those teams. Yeah. And then it's turned into, all right, you know, hey, Brooklyn, you know, uh, things are going well now. We're, we've, you know, moved past what happened uh, earlier this year with, you know, his comments and all those things. And, um, you know, where we're going with, with this. And, you know, well, let's see where, where it uh, you know, goes from here. And I think if you're the Nets, you're going to be looking at it and saying, all right, hey, if we, go deep enough in the playoffs and Kevin Durant is now happy here and this. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's uh, get Kyrie uh, locked up. I would make sure I had some protections or I'd do it as a short, shorter term yeah. deal, which could also work for Kyrie. Cause if Kyrie started doing maybe like two plus one deal, then he gets back on the market again. He could really cash in as the cap goes up. That might not be a bad idea for him either. I just, I, I would not be like, are right, you want to do a full five-year deal this summer or a full, a four-year max extension right now? That's probably a bit too much for me. If I'm Brooklyn, that's just too much risk there that he's something's going to go sideways at some point in that deal. And now you're left kind of, or right, what do we do? Right. I think that's something that's we've talked about for, I mean, seriously, it's been what, seven, eight months now since we talked about Kyrie and potentially what he was going to do his next contract. So if you're Brooklyn, you probably do want to have some type of protection built in um, to whatever this extension would look like, whatever this next deal would look like. But uh, he's also played extremely well. So that's something that, I mean, he's been been fantastic. And so and obviously he's an all-star starter this year and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So I don't think keeping him is, is the wrong path or anything for Brooklyn. I think that They've showed that they can be a very dangerous team this year, and um, you know when you're when you're having success, the the reaction tends to be let's keep this going. So I'm not that surprised really that we're starting to hear you know maybe that there could be an extension out there. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I think right now we're in happy times for the Nets, so it's very mm-hmm. easy to say, hey, this is all great. Let's keep things moving. If things aren't so happy, do, does do do minds start to change? There. One thing I do want to say with Kyrie too, because we we. I think very fairly criticize and you know, beat him up when he does the things that we think are, you know, a little crazy and a little out there and, you know, the things we don't agree with. To be fair, this guy has given super generously to a lot of causes. You see it. He does tries. I think he tries to do it very like quietly and almost yeah. anonymously. And then it's all of a sudden, you know, people like Harry Irving, you know, fully funded my dad's operation or, you know, made sure all the rent was paid for these people. And now he's been very public and outspoken that he wants to be a part of trying to help the WNBA players. And this is absolutely bat crap crazy. I'll try to keep it clean. He wants to try to help them get chartered flights because they fly commercial, which is just, that's the professional athletes. Like, what are we doing? You know, and as an entire league, like there's been all these things of like, it doesn't even cost that in general terms, right? Sports and, money terms. It doesn't cost. And that now much there's security concerns too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're talking about Brittany Griner needs yeah. to be very careful and those kind of things. So Kyrie's been very, very heavily involved and very outspoken of like, Hey, we can do a lot more as NBA players to try to help out here. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a big part of, Hey, let's give some money to the WNBA players to get them chartered flights uh, when their season starts up a little bit later this spring. Cause that just does seem bonkers and very, very backwards and sideways to me that that's like not how that should be. Keith, you know, you know, it's something that bugs me and you and I both have, both have daughters. So you, you're, I'm sure you're right there with me. It drives me crazy that anytime anything gets brought up remotely about the WNBA, people feel like they have to jump in the comments and talk about how they don't watch it or how terrible yeah. it is or, or something like, like Cool, it's not don't necessary. Watch it. Yeah, if you don't yeah. want to watch it, then, then don't watch Funny. it. But it's yeah. like people have to like take this victory lap of like, I don't watch the WNBA, whatever. Like, 
you know what? Like they run some really great. Like if you like basketball, they run some really cool stuff. If you in, like in the basketball, WNBA. it's like purest. Like yeah. that's the highest level pure basketball you're probably gonna get. Like it, it, yeah, they're unbelievable. And it's also ridiculous when some dude who looks like me and is you know fat and you know five foot nine is like, I could score twenty five points. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. You you last about a minute. Like they they they're one. They're huge. A lot of them, right? They're like six five, six seven, six eight, yep. and they're good. Very, very talented. Like you could not hang random average Joe out there. It, it. I, I always equate it to like, I don't watch hockey and I don't like hockey, but I don't go around trying to find random dudes who mention hockey or like somebody brings it up. You know, there's a lot of crossover, right? Sometimes yeah. like Boston media members will be covering a Bruins game. I don't jump in there. Like, I don't watch hockey. It's stupid. Right don't like why i would never do that like hey you enjoy hockey cool like let people like what they like like it's you know within reason right as long as you're not hurting anybody let people enjoy what they want to enjoy like i just yeah i don't get it man and i don't we could do a whole i could go on a huge rant because we're going through some stuff right now where it's like we're not getting resources for our daughter soccer team that some of the boys teams in the clubs get and those kind of things and it's just you know it's 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 very clear where the priorities are and you know it's and these boys teams aren't good and don't win. And, you know, our team does all the time. And it's like, Hey, what are we doing here? It's kind of like when the U S women's soccer team were like, uh, Hey, we win world cups and Olympic gold medals. Like the men don't even make it sometimes like who should be getting paid more here. And I get, that's not a super easy conversation, but yeah, don't, right. there's no reason to and crap I, all over the WNBA. Yeah, and I, and I understand there's, there's revenue arguments and stuff like that in sure. terms of how much is actually being brought in and all that stuff can get, but that's a whole different mm-hmm. rabbit hole to go down. But just in general, like, it doesn't, you don't have to jump in to comment. Yeah, and, what do you you know, it's like a, it's like a, yeah, it's like a race. Like a ra- oh, somebody said something about the WNBA. Yeah. Quick, I need to make sure everyone knows that I don't watch it and I would never watch yeah. it and I'm better yeah. and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, who cares? Oh. Yeah, great. I yeah, watch anyway. it because it's on in the summertime when there's not other basketball yeah. and I like basketball. So, yeah, there it yep. is. All right. Um, let's go to the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm reportedly offering uh, Jackson Hayes, Najee Marshall, Devontae Graham out there on the market. Not a surprise. You know, they're not going to trade away like their core pieces mm-hmm. these are kind of their fringe guys that they'd be looking to potentially move but they could be a landing spot again popular this is not the first time they've popped up as a landing spot for john collins who's a guy who we've spent a ton of time talking about um hayes marshall graham like those guys aren't moving the needle i wouldn't think to get john collins but could you build the basis of it kind of the backbone of a trade and then you add some other things with some value to, to get something done there yeah, I think so. And and I think what you're looking at is the reporting is the Hawks want to add some defensive guys, which Najee Marshall is. So that would yes. make some sense there. Jackson Hayes would give them another young kind of athletic big that they could maybe take a look at uh, next to Onyeka Kongu off the bench in, in some lineups. Devontae Graham, just another ball handler shooter coming off the bench. You know, he's probably better than Aaron Holiday. I don't know if in the role that they would need him to play if he is, but you know, we would see. And I think the big thing on the Hawks would be here is you would presumably if that's a return, maybe we don't need to give up a pick to move Colin's salary because we've mm-hmm. heard that being a thing that a handful of teams would be like, yeah, we'll take him, but you're going to give us a pick too because uh, of how much he's okay. owed. And that's a little, for me, that's too a far. Surprising. I would yeah. not be doing that, but but this might be one where, hey, if New Orleans, and remember, New Orleans has those extra picks coming their way from the Lakers. Everybody knows those ones. 
but I think people forgot they've extra picks coming from the box too from the, mm-hmm. the, the Drew Holiday trade uh, before the DAD deal. Or I guess it was like around the same time of it, is it? But anyway, that's they're in a position where hey, we could um, you know maybe they could throw a pick and they go get Colin. So I you there could be something to this. I I I don't know. I just I find it weird that the Pelicans are this like hot for John Collins because that is a weird spot where I don't necessarily get the fit. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you already have Zion, you have uh, Jonas Valanciunas, you already have Larry Nance. So Collins is going to be like, not saying he's the fourth guy, but like, like four guys that need to he's play. A, he's a little like, superfluous. Yeah. Yeah. Can, none of them can play the three. I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe he could play Zion down if he really wanted to. And I know Nance used to do that. I don't think he can still defend out there the way you used to but i don't know it just seems a little weird to me but yeah it, but if, if the value is there i get it yeah but i i yeah it, mm-hmm. it could work out though all right yeah. let's let's finish things off here with uh some bankruptcy so yeah I, I didn't realize this was going on but apparently bally is going bankrupt and if you and they cover a lot of nba teams the local markets Mm-hmm. So what does this mean for the league? We, we know TV rights are going to be up for negotiation soon. So how does all of this get wrapped into this bigger story? Yeah, so this is still very much a developing story. So we're just kind of covering here just as a, hey, this is going on and this could bleed into things like how much does the cap go up and all those sorts of things. So Bally Sports, basically think of them as what the regional Fox Sports Networks used to be yeah. when uh Fox sold everything to Disney. Uh, the, the United States government said, you cannot have ESPN and all the Fox regional. That's basically, that's a, uh, you know, violent, that's a monopoly. Like you have to spin and sell those off. So Disney started to sell off all the regional sports and networks into different things. And all the, the bunch of the Fox sports regions went into Bally regions. And they basically, how most people noticed this was, Oh, that's weird. It's not Fox Sports Florida anymore. It's it's Bally Sports Florida, right? Like that's that's the big thing. But here's what you need to know as far as the NBA goes. 16 teams have regional contracts with Bally, which is that's their local provider. And there's a whole bunch of them I could run through all the teams, but it's 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 none of the super duper big markets, but it's it's 16 teams nonetheless. Now, what that means is if they cannot deliver the money that they owe on these, that that's less money coming into the NBA. Now it's nowhere. This is a fraction, a super duper tiny yeah. on the screen, making a little tiny thing, the size of the national TV deals, which that's what's up uh, here in the next uh, year or so is the national TV deals with TNT, ESPN, um, and those, those broadcasters. So, but what this could be is we could see the league say, you know, we're taking back those rights and all the right, all of the Orlando magic games. If you want to see them, those are all now going to be seen on Amazon prime. If yeah. Amazon wanted to start buying into a package and then over the years, they could start to say, Hey, you know what? T-Max, your deals up with NBC sports. We're going to fold you back in under our bigger umbrella. This is something uh, Apple just did. They bought MLS. They're going to show all the MLS games. Um, Now we're starting to see more and more of these kind of big uh, streaming. Now where this could be a huge win for the fans is one of the things that we're hearing a lot of talk of is, well, if we don't have the regional sports networks, we can get rid of the blackouts. And then yes, all of a please. sudden these games are available to everybody. It's not, you're going to have to pay for them somehow. They're not going to be free, yeah. but 
you sign up for, you know, streaming product X and it's there and off you go. So this is just something to keep an eye on, something we're going to keep watching over the next, you know, months and probably couple years here to see how this all plays out there maybe maybe somebody comes in and buys the bally sports um uh feeds up and says yeah we're we're gonna you know buy them and we'll relaunch under the you know nba front office show you know presents you know orlando magic like i wish we had that kind of money that, that sounds um, pretty good it does right yeah happen. we should yeah guys okay <laughs> kick, kick us a little, little bit on our venmos and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll make this happen yeah just to throw um, in a few super chats and we'll be good to go yeah okay a few thousand of them at about a million dollars a piece and we'll be no problem um but yeah so just something we're keeping an eye on a little bit here is the the league goes into some new things and a lot of things we've seen it right the nfl piss change is funny i think of like my dad is like i don't even know where the hell to find these games now because it's on like you know amazon prime and all that stuff but it's just going to continue to change in in sports and in some ways it's going to change for the better and other ways it might get a little bumpy but i think in general we're gonna just you're gonna find your games in different places coming forward yep yeah which look if the trade-off is I, like ultimately if we wind up with all the games in one place and no blackouts that's what we've been asking for for mm-hmm. forever right yeah and i don't know if it'll ever get it back you know actually to that point probably not but still, getting rid of blackouts i think would be a, a big win huge for, for and teams. it's a big win too because yeah because like like we've talked about we all know people who live in just sometimes they're in like an awkward area like yeah. like i know people who live in connecticut and it's like i get weird blackouts from both new england and new york like both Boston and New York teams. Right. I mean, like, it's just, you know, it's awkward. And, you know, I, you know, want to do that. And I know people are like, man, I'm not paying for cable to have the one local sports channel. That's the only thing I'd ever watch on there. So that gets a little awkward, but yeah, I think anything these leagues can do to make their games more um, accessible to more people. That's in the end, even if it's in a slightly, different way and maybe, maybe a little harder for some folks, but, but, but it's still there. I think that's the best way to go about this. And that's a big change. I think we're going to see. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, let's head off to the weekend on that. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Of course, if any kind of crazy trade news breaks or anything over the weekend, we will jump on here and do another show, but otherwise we will see you all on Monday. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office, YouTube channel and, and follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts till next time, everybody see ya and stay safe.